get started. Okay. Let's get started because we don't want to wait. Yay! I'm Stephanie. And And I'm Robin. Yeah. So, um, this is a brand new season. I know. Um, I'm bringing us in upbeat, but uh, I'll have you know, Steph, that I had a new version of the theme song uh, plopped at the beginning that's actually... uh, might make you uh, sh- shed a little singles here, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later in in our podcast, right? Right. Because <laughs> uh, we're, we're in Boston and in California, right? Uh, yeah, we're all over. Yeah, we're all over the place. Okay, this was the episode that I first saw on television a couple of months ago that made me want to watch Dawson's Creek because I was like, awesome. "What college years?" <laughs> How did they get? How did they get here? What's the dynamic? I don't know. I want to see. I got to see this. We got to watch Dawson's Creek. Uh-huh. So, so Joey is at Worthington, indeed. Uh-huh. And Graham's Boston. Graham's oh. did sell her house and moved to yes. Boston, and Jen and Jack lives with Graham's. Yep. And Dawson's at uh, USC, and he got an internship. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I do have a little bit of trivia here for, um, you know, the beginning, getting into this. I mean, first we have uh, a new t- new title sequence, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of updated. I like to see updated. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't mind seeing the kids running on the beach and stuff to uh, um, what they thought was going to be Atlantis Morissette, but turned out to be Paula Cole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do like the the updated uh, location stuff to keep us, uh, you know, in, in yeah. the right frame of mind. Yeah, the Joey spinning around in the middle of the green there at Worthington because yeah, she is the actual. Yeah. What college yeah. is that? Oh, uh, it's uh, Duke Duke University. Uh, that's oh. the thing they. The producers actually thought about moving Dawson's Creek to another city to uh, send its main characters off to college. Uh, they considered Montreal, Vancouver, Baltimore, Austin, San Diego. Um, they said Baltimore ended up uh, the easiest city to fake as Boston, but ultimately it was decided that it was way too expensive to move all the production. So they just kept everything in Wilmington anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they did film Worthington at Duke. Um, and apparently Boston Bay College is just kind of like a courtyard at this point. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we see the we see the banners, but I haven't actually seen a college yet. Yeah, it just it's, looks like, it's a, like a strip streets. college. Yeah, like a strip mall version of a college. <laughs> yeah, because you know some colleges don't really look very collegey; like they look urban. You know? Yeah, like a community college. You know, maybe Boston Bay is just a community college. I don't know. Or just like an urban college. So which uh, which young student would you like to start off with first? Uh, let's talk about... We want to talk about... Oh, we leave Dawson for last. Uh, sure. Let's talk about Jen and Jack. All right. So, uh, I mean, the, the whole beginning of this uh, season is... Uh, Yo, we're, we're, we need to get Jen laid. Jen needs to get laid. <laughs> because she's had such a dry spell between, yeah. you know, since Henry. And Jack has so much more fun when Jen is in relationship than when she's moping around. Okay, I do not like Jack's hair this season. Oh, really? I didn't notice. I mean, I didn't notice his hair. I, I definitely didn't notice that you didn't like it. He has, like, sideburns and he has, like, bangs. 
and then uh-huh. it kind of flips out in the back. I don't uh-huh. know. I just, I'm not. I don't like it. I, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, What's going on with Jen and Jack? Well, I mean, uh, the one little uh, big secret that Jen has is that she know she's the only one that knows that Pacey's in town. So oh yeah, Pacey's dock nearby, but he really doesn't play a big part in um, the first episode. We just kind of see him on the, on a boat. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, the the rest of the, Bo- the the first episode of the Bostonians is them going to this huge uh, frat party um, because uh, uh, Jack is getting courted by uh, Sigma House. Yeah, what do you know? Jack is a bro. <laughs> He's a frat brother. He fits right in. It's so weird. Yeah, because you really don't. I'm looking forward to seeing Toby visit. Oh, Toby is not going to like this one bit. No, he's not going to have this at all. <laughs> he's intimidated by how broish Jack is. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gave um, he gave Jack crap for having a Letterman's Jack. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, I did have uh, a bit of trivia here. Uh, this band that plays at the party sings uh, I Ran So Far Away that uh, has a bassist who we will meet in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, That band is called, uh, in the show, it's called Aggressive Mediocrity, but they're played by an actual Wilmington band uh, called Feel Love Fury. Okay. And what's interesting about them is this band has been on the show before um, uh, at the uh, the whole concert episode where they went and camped out. And uh, they were the band that kind of played guitar behind Henry as he was playing guitar. Oh, OK. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is, I mean, this 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 season, you know, it's I, I can see that, you know, Tom Capino's Gina Fattori kind of steering the ship at this point. And Tom Capinos goes on to uh, uh, create Californication and uh, under the production company called Aggressive Mediocrity. (laughs) So it's as if if we're watching Buffy and the band's called Mutant Enemy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but uh, yeah, Um, uh, uh, Jen's getting wooed left and right, unfortunately. Uh, So when... uh, bass player Charlie shows up, she really kind of blows him off. Yeah. And you know, Chad Michael Murray. Chad I was Mer- Michael Murray. I was not uh you know, I saw him I was like because you know, he's in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I guess he's fresh off from doing a season of Gilmore Girls, according to my trivia. Was was not a big fan of that situation. Nope. But but he but he was kinda like the Drew. Oh, okay. There. He's a troublemaker, huh? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, he was. So, I was not, you know, I didn't have high expectations for this, but I really enjoyed this relationship thing. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it, it's nice to see Jen smile. I think that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. Um, you, want, you want some more trivia? Sure. Uh, well, I did want to mention, I'm only really familiar with him. From A, uh, watching with my uh, daughter, Sarah, and, uh, a movie called... A Cinderella a story. story. Yes. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're both big Hillary Duff fans. Uh-huh. Uh, 
<laughs> and of course, playing the duplicitous uh, Agent Jack Thompson on Agent Carter. Uh, oh, he's who, still around. Uh, yeah. I, oh, what do you mean he's still around? The, the show's canceled. But I mean, he, he's actually doing something recently. I, I oh, no yeah, idea. yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh wow. And of course, you know, he spends like what nine years on One Tree Hill. Um, oh gosh, really? Which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know how how many seasons. I just said nine. <laughs> no idea. Um, he's one of the stars of One Tree Hill. Oh, you knew that, right? I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh oh, One Tree Hill sour grapes. Cut yeah, now. I'm just I'm not looking forward to One Tree Hill because it's nine seasons. We don't have to watch it. We don't want to wait for what we want to watch. So we, just we have to watch. Okay, we'll discuss it later. All right, but I like. But my trivia is not done. Oh, uh, okay. Well, sorry. Well, well, related to One Tree Hill is that this is the third of of Jen's romantic pairings that go off to star in their own WB show after <laughs> their relationship with Jen. Uh, the first was Scott Foley, who went off to Felicity. Uh, the second was Jason Bear, who went off to Roswell. Um, and now Chad Michael Murray. And I just want to say, as Yoda says, there is another... <laughs> oh, that oh, fortunately you don't seem to know about, and I'm not going to tell you. So, huh. well, I will not look for it. Yes, I'll be uh, surprised. But yeah, I liked that. Uh, they're they're both like the smartest people there. You know, like they're yeah. too good for this stupid frat party. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just kind of talk about their relationship? I mean, the, their relationship kind of goes through three, all three episodes, and it's pretty uh, singled out um, from the rest of the group. Yeah, so she tries to, like, resist his charms, but uh, they're just so, you know, hot for each other. <laughs> I like the I like the radio station scene. Yeah, the, um, she just runs into him. They're talking about him, and she just kind of happens up on him in this big city. Yeah. They go to the and same school. I love the. I was like, uh, you know, she has this problem with the Smith song "Girlfriend in a Coma," which is a good oh, song. I do too. I love that song, but yeah. I think us Gen Xers love it. I can't imagine <laughs> that generation. I feel like they place a lot of songs they play are songs that the writers are big fans of, <laughs> and because my my kid hates the Smiths. You know what I mean? Like they're well, maybe they're too she hasn't young. Grown into the Smiths yet? Right. They're they're not they're not evolved enough for the Smiths. I just feel like if you're in your twenties and you're just kind of moping around, you somehow find yourself listening to a Smiths album. I mean, I just you know. see. I just think that they're too close. I, I don't know. It's too it's too dated for them. I don't know. Um, I'd like to your ask. Stance? Oh, good. No, I'd I'd like to uh, ask other young people. Children yeah. of the aughts. Children, Children of the, of the aughts. aughts. Are you what listening? Do you th- yeah, what do you think about the Smiths? <laughs> uh, also, uh, where do you fall down on Dolly Parton versus Whitney Houston's uh, version of uh, uh, I'll Always Love You? Dolly Parton is an amazing person. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about her, she is like, she seems like she would be dumb as a rock, mm-hmm. but the woman is is she's the woman is brilliant she owns like Gun, uh, Gunners, uh Gatlinburg, smoky mountains she owns it all right okay yeah, she's very she's, rich yes the woman is very and if you listen to anything she has she's a very smart cookie 
Mm-hmm. And I am a big Dolly fan. I, I like my I like some nine to five. Yes, from, uh, I caught Straight Talk in a in a driving double. <laughs> yeah, uh, best straight little whorehouse, best little whorehouse in Texas. Great you movie. Know, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> Should we do a Dolly Parton watch in this <laughs> podcast? We can do anything, right? We don't want to wait to watch Dolly Parton movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think we have enough. This is a terrible, terrible tangent. I just want to say Dolly Parton's version is definitely better than Whitney Houston's. But I think at the time The Bodyguard came out, people probably obviously loved Whitney Houston's version. But I do remember um, the movie The Bodyguard and how like when Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston were uh, dancing in the bar, they were listening to Dolly Parton's version. And it was it's it's a very it's it's such like a sweet song. It's not like. Like Whitney is like belting out, and you know, I just think mm-hmm. Dolly's is just very sweet. So Jen and Charlie have sex. Yes, <laughs> a lot of sex, mm-hmm. all the sex. <laughs> and why isn't it like she missed a Sunday dinner at Graham's because she was with Charlie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to try to find common ground things that they had in common and they couldn't find anything and they were going to try to not hours of that sex yeah (laughs) i would have thought that they would have had more in common because what was it that they were in disagreement about (sighs) oh subtitles but there was for that yeah but she found out that he's nearsighted nearsighted yeah wouldn't wear his glasses (laughs) So, uh, yeah, luckily we didn't have to burn him at the stake because we're huge film buffs that were just like, screw this guy who doesn't. What was the movie that, what was the movie? What was the movie that they were going to go see? It was. Uh, I can't remember, which means I didn't write it down. Something. It was was something good. Anyway, I'm sure it was good. Um, so that, that's pretty much where we leave that plot uh, before things happen. Uh, who do you want to talk about next? <laughs> we got uh, Jack, we got Joe, we got Joey, we got Dawson. I mean, we we kind of talked about Jack, right? We he he's he was he's trying to get into Sigma House, and um, he finds out what how, what did you feel about this? Like like he's. He's killing the quota because of uh, the quota, but they—they're like they're saying no, but we we like you as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think they do like him as well. Yeah. I mean, I think he does really fit in, and they're saying everybody's a quota. Yeah, like it does—it's not just you, right? So, did you catch the guy's name that was the main guy that was talking to him about the uh-uh. Sigma House? Yeah, I kept on like kind of half hearing it, but wasn't sure if what I was hearing was correct. I looked it up. The guy's name's Blossom. <laughs> Blossom? Yeah. I'm sure that's a nickname, but that's what they kept calling it. Uh, Nobody was saying like, is this guy's name seriously fucking not a Blossom? What the- <laughs> really? Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah. But uh, it- Joey, do we want to talk about Joey? How so? Joey's at Worthington, and she's burying herself in her studies because she doesn't want to talk about. She doesn't want to think about uh, is 
is with Dawson is is the own you know where where does she stand with Dawson you know and it's all she, around this assignment that she's done she's she's wrote this story but the ending was terrible according to Professor Wilder played by a young studly Ken Marino oh he's so handsome he's so gorgeous <laughs> he's so this you know he's okay I don't know I Maybe. yeah I I I I think he's very handsome in this in, in Dawson's Creek I, um you know. So it's so funny. He's like, he's so known for like just being the doofus, you know, from being yeah, maybe, in the states and maybe and I've seen him be a doofus too many times that I can't see that, that he's handsome. Yeah. I saw in this it was like seeing a totally different person almost, you know, because he's and of course you know it's it's his character too. He's he's very much uh, Indiana Jones uh, when Indiana Jones is working at college because he's got lines of college girls <laughs> trying to get in to see him, and then he's escaping through windows. <laughs> so uh, I was just waiting to see one college girl like blink her eyes and just say, his, like, "I lo- love you" or whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, so so you liked him? You liked him? Uh, I, I, I don't know. It was okay. It was kind of weird that he is so wrapped up in, you know, Joey's relationship. Like, yeah. like he has all these girls wanting to, you know, falling all over him. But he's like, and he does. Mention he's being too. Funny. He's being too personal with mm-hmm. one student. It's just weird. I noticed he mentioned in the first episode that he's not happily married. He's married, but he's not happily married. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, oh, but, that uh, did you know, well. These things where it's like, you know, it's really coming off as uh, he thinks that she should, I don't know, open up more and uh, and write um, better a better ending to this this uh, Dawson story. And she's so upset because she's she's gotten her first C. Right. You know, you know, you're the, the 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 best student in school in high school, and you get to college, and you're just a, you know, a, a little fish in the sea. I like the line. I was like, "Yep, you're a writer. The torture has begun." <laughs> uh, How yeah, about Joey? No. Joey's jogging now. Joey's Joey's out there jogging, and uh, she's and she has a cell phone. Cell phone. Yes, <laughs> gigantic cell phone on her belt or her belt line. Um, I did yeah. notice that when Dawson called and said, you know, at first he wasn't going to make it, uh, she actually said goodbye on the phone before hanging up. And I was like, wow, it's a TV first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are, uh, dancing around, uh, a brand new cast member, uh, Busy Phillips. Yeah. I was, I was, I don't know. I was worried about this hmm. because she's so wild. She's so out there. You know, was she going to fit in with the show? Like the style of the like, show. When she's like flirting with Dawson, I was like, oh, come on. We, we're doing another Abby character, aren't we? We're doing another Abby character. <laughs> uh, oh, another troublemaker? Yeah, another but troublemaker. I, I don't but think that she's she's not a troublemaker. She's just showing that she's like, uh, she's in contrast with Joey, where Joey right. is not wanting to have the... Well, Joey says everybody's college experience is different. You know, uh, she, they, they want different things. She wants to have the actual uh, academic experience. And uh, Audrey wants to just have fun. And she's from Los Angeles. She wanted to get away from Los Angeles and go to a real college. And, 
just have right. fun. And she is having fun, you know. She's up on stage singing with aggressive mediocrity, which was fun. <laughs> um, and then uh, at the party, uh, Joey makes a fateful phone call. Well, actually, when she gets back from the party, <laughs> telling. Oh, I thought she was at the party. She was went into the bathroom. And oh, that's right. This she was, was in the bathroom. Yeah, this was after all these guys started trying to talk to her, and she kind of yes. blew them off. And she was like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah. Yeah, and Audrey even says that she had her own kind of Dawson at one point, you know. And, yeah, uh, so I feel like Audrey reacted one way and Joey is reacting another way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, we should probably – we can we can wrap up the first episode by talking about Dawson and, and that before we talk about how they intersect in the next episode. Um, Dawson, going to USC, gets an internship at a studio – and I'll have you know that is Sony Picture Studio. Um, oh, I've had a tour there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I took some freeze frames while I was watching it. Well, not took some, but you know, paused it and was like looking at it and then looking at pictures on the internet because I was like, this looks so familiar. And uh, yeah, the, the the big sound stage that he walks by is uh, stage fifteen, which is actually the largest sound stage in Sony Picture Studios. The Wizard of Oz was filmed there. Uh, some of the Spider-Man films, was, like this gigantic studio, they actually put the entirety of uh, of the Daily Bugle from all the Spider-Man films in there. Um, so. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought wow. that was cool. I was like, "Oh, it's Sony Pictures," because of course, you know, they're the producers of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I figured that that was Los Angeles, you yeah. know, with the palm trees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the the aid not the agent the what's her name? Well, she plays Heather uh, Tracy, who's. Basically, the, the girl that Dawson goes to to find out what to do with her internship, his internship, and she and uh, thinks that he's a writer <laughs> on the new Seventh Heaven film. <laughs> uh, they, oh. and, and actually calls him David Hartley, and I, uh, according to my trivia, David Hartley is the unit production manager for Dawson's Creek. So, um, and, uh, and Tracy- you know what? Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's so funny how many uh, security guards these characters come in contact with (laughs) they're always so like you can do it kid (laughs) yeah because you know back like season one or so when joey went to visit her father in prison she talked to you know because he was all pepperidge farm you know (laughs) this this is boston or this is uh massachusetts so i should talk like this like how Grams does. And then uh, last time, Grams went to the uh, retirement home and talked to a female security guard, which was Oh, that's odd. right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention Heather Tracy is played by Nicole Bilderback. Okay. It was Summer in Clueless. Um, what? And, uh, yeah, she was like one of the girls in Clueless. And uh, it's funny she mentioned Seventh Heaven because she uh, actually guessed it on Seventh Heaven at, at a one, one point, and was in Buffy season one as one of the Cordettes. <laughs> Whoa! Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we meet director Todd Carr, who uh, Dawson is like over the moon about. He hands him the script. He's like, "Read this little guy, and uh, you know, tell me what you think about it." And he yeah. Goes, it's- yes. Yeah, it's like Dawson is living the dream. 
like yeah, it's so awesome nothing could go wrong yeah. what, i mean what it, this could not be better and uh, you know he has this great great chat with him where he's like ah, I don't want to see your film but you know if it sucks I'm gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna crush I'm gonna have to crush you and if it's great uh, I'm gonna have to crush you you know <laughs> uh, you know uh, oh wait no if it sucks um, if he says that it sucks it's gonna crush Dawson if it's great then he's gonna have to crush Dawson and uh, he goes ahead and tries to crush Dawson anyway after dropping a, pl- a bunch of food. Oh no, he messed up the coffee run. No, any PA, every PA, their the most important job is the coffee run and yeah. he drops the coffee. And so this is uh, this is every former PA's fantasy is to be able to stand up and say what he did. Yeah. You know, and uh you need everybody clap. Check your privilege, director. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. Screw you. <laughs> Dawson really lays into it. It was awesome. Um, and then he gets fired. And then, of course, our friendly security guy, uh, who was also in Seventh Heaven, I just wrote that down, <laughs> um, uh, asks Dawson, well, why, are you, why are you with your friends? And Dawson decides to fly overnight to Joey. Um, and uh, there's this whole drama in the second episode. I'm just going to continue going on. <laughs> um, there's this whole drama in the second episode where uh, Joey is thinking that Dawson got the message but came anyway. But it turns out Dawson didn't get the message at all and came. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And there's this whole <laughs> this whole with yeah this whole goose chase where she's trying to get the the, the slip signed so she could drop the class <laughs> and and it she, all she's wanting to do is avoid Dawson. Yeah. And so Dawson goes on the the school tour with Audrey, and uh, and he's just like, yeah, I'm, she's flirting with me. This is great. It's she's great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Joey gets so mad about it. She's like, we have to go our separate ways. And Dawson's like, are you a hundred percent prepared to do that? Um, and uh, yeah, or was it the other way around? Oh, I wrote the quote sound and I couldn't remember who said what. <laughs> I think it sounds like Dawson saying, I'm, are you 100% prepared? Anyway, well, whatever. I mean, anyway, what? he shouldn't be mad at her because, I mean, yes, he should be a little embarrassed that he showed up with when she, after she said goodbye. But, I mean, she doesn't owe him anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like she was sure of his intentions. And she right. never did tell him her intentions, so they didn't really discuss it. Uh, it sounded like, you know, we left at the end of the season where jo- Joey finally tells Dawson to stay, but uh, and they make out. But I guess they must have just kind of parted ways anyway, because it sounds like Dawson left soon after. And uh, Joey went to school. And this is, you know, they've been calling or whatever. And, this is the- and they can't really... And they can't really expect for one of them to sacrifice school for the other one. You know, they can't say, well, if you really wanted to be with me, you wouldn't have went to USC or or whatever. And she couldn't tell him not to go to USC. You can't tell somebody, you know, don't pursue your dream of film school at USC. You get in USC film school. That's that's something. Mm-hmm. So, 
<laughs> so she kind of jokes with Audrey and says like well, what am I what am I going to do like drop out and move here <laughs> yeah and I'm like watching it like going yeah that's exactly what you're going to do Dustin. yeah because we need that, you in the same town as yeah, everybody else Dustin, that's really what you want to do because out there in Hollywood you're all by yourself you have yeah. no family because that was like the whole the third episode Cape Side Revisited yes do we, do we want to get to that one now yeah it's fine how uh, it was all about family. He liked mm-hmm. that uh, Grams was in Boston and Jen and Jack and Joey could all, you know, have dinner with her once a week. And, you know, they, they had, uh, you know, a, a group there for support. And he was out in California alone with no support. That's right. Um... So, uh, oh, you know what we forgot? We forgot about Pacey. Pacey well, and Jen- Jennifer Morrison. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, it was not, there was like not a lot of exposition. So you yeah. didn't really know, like, who is this? What's going on? And you just over the course of a couple of scenes, you realize she's like the niece of his boss or the daughter yeah. of his boss. I thought it was daughter. Um uh, and this is this is Jen, Jennifer Morrison pre house pre how I met your mother pre once upon a time um, and the only big thing that she did um, before this uh, role was uh, haunting Kevin Bacon and Stir of Echoes I don't know if you remember seeing that movie at all or if you ever did I think uh, so but uh, this character's name is Melanie and Melanie was originally going to be a different character. Um, who we've seen before. Can you guess who it might have been? Somebody from last season. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, 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 Gretchen? Nope. I'll give you a clue. Somebody Pacey might have been interested in. It was Anna, Drew's girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> uh, from, uh, uh, hopeless and a winter's tale. That's the girl that Pacey was really nice to when Drew was taking her yeah. on a date, and then she super flirted with him um, uh-huh. and like made a huge move towards him on the ski trip, and then he ended up going back with Joey and having sex. So they were going to have that same actress play this character. They were just going to have they were just going to have this character, Anna, not Melanie. They're going to have oh, okay. be be this uh, daughter of whatever. Um, and it would have would have kind of worked, I think. Um, but I think the actress was unavailable. Uh huh. So we get Melanie, and we get Jennifer Morrison, which is uh, I, I kind of would rather see Jennifer Morrison. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so um, Doug is concerned about Pacey and gets him this job at Liberty Hall, and Pacey doesn't want to be a dishwasher, um, but uh, ends up uh, being a prep cook for. Did you want to mention? Uh, what is his George name? Washington. Ian Cullen. Is that his I name? Know. I didn't actually write the actor's name down. I just have his his role, Danny. Yeah, and all this is real. Like, what is going on? And I guess he likes Pacey so much that he gives him this, you know, prep prep sh- you know, this prep job instead of the the girl that like what is she like a hostess. She kind of gives Pacey a hard time, and it's because she wanted the job, and he's being kind of sexist by giving it to this guy. 
instead of her that's been there. Yeah, so, yeah. The next episode, you know, Pacey is kind of still bucking against the system. He's not. A, he's not a fan of chef's hats. He definitely doesn't wear, want to wear those doofus baseball caps that they has everybody wearing. Yeah, it's wearing like stuff. Pacey doesn't realize the opportunity that he's been given. So we have this whole scene where, like, he's like, "All oh, this, all this potato cutting that you've been doing was merely training, so you can be, you can handle these truffles, which are like hundreds of dollars, and oh, they taste so great, and they're worth the money, whatever." And then he says something like, "Karen didn't get the job because she has discipline and motivation." It really kind of leaves it off at that. I'm like, "What? She's not willing to learn like Pacey is. She's not like an unmolded piece of clay." I. I I'm not sure why Dean decided not to give yeah. her the job. Yeah, what in Pacey did he see that he didn't see in Karen? Hey, yeah, I'm certain it's because of gender, and I'm, I'm honestly not seeing much evidence <laughs> yeah. against that. But because uh, Pacey just kind of comes in out of the, I mean, you know, Danny feels like he owes Doug a favor. I, I suppose, you know. Um, there's this history of uh, Danny being from Cape Side and he got arrested for public drunkenness and Doug let him off easy or whatever. But still, that's a kind of a huge favor to give to the younger brother of this cop that helped you out once. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see more from that, I guess. Um, and why is Pepsi in Boston? I guess that's where the ship docked. I was like, where is he living? Is he living on the boat? Where? Yeah, I guess <laughs> he's he living is. on somebody else's boat. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, while he's working at Liberty Hall that uh, uh, Jen and Audrey and Joey uh, come have dinner and talk about uh, which Sex in the City character they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I think because girls do that. Joey yeah. with Charlotte? I don't know mm-hmm. who these who's which character's which. Because um, so. Charlotte's a buzzkill, I guess. I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch enough sex in the... Even though I, it was of my generation. Uh-huh. It's the show of my generation. I didn't watch it. Too girly um, for me. You know what I liked about this was that Jen admits to Joey that she knew about Pacey being in town for like three and a half weeks, and it's over. It's okay. That doesn't cause like another rift between Joey and Jen. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess Joey and Pacey just kind of start rebuilding their friendship a bit here before the stuff hits the fan. Uh. <laughs> So I think I think we covered everything, but you want to get into the but? <laughs> wow, that didn't come out right. Um, <laughs> we're starting off good here. <laughs> so okay, why did Dawson go back? Oh, in Cape Side Revisited, yes. Dawson goes home to tell his parents that he's dropping out of USC and he's moving to Boston. Yep. And they're very disappointed in him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mitch, I mean, Mitch, I, I, I'm going into this episode, like, I knew this season that Mitch was going to go. You did. Gonna, I did. I did. You knew he was going to die? Yes, but I didn't know when, and I didn't know how. Oh, I had no clue. Like, oh, really? it was, That's it awesome. was a, it was a huge shock to me. Oh, wow. Um... So in this episode, we have Mitch, and I'm like, okay, so is this the one where it happens? Because because you know, it's being very emotional. He's being yeah. very 
I don't know if you noticed, but um, hold on. I don't know if you noticed, but Mary Margaret Humes, who plays uh, Gail, uh, Nina Rapita, who plays Bessie, and of course John Wesley Shipp, who plays Mitch, are not in the main credits anymore. Mm. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, he must be going this season. And so when we get to this episode, I'm like, okay, so we're back in Capeside. Maybe this is it. And then when Mitch starts getting like monologue after monologue yeah. in the episode, I was like, oh man, this is it. <laughs> because they're like, we're giving Mitch a good, a good out, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, and it, it kind of sucks because it's like, um, you know, Mitch, Mitch loves Dawson, but he's also like, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in you. For- What's <laughs> I mean, I know he said that he's disappointed in him, but I really don't feel like he's disappointed for himself. He's disappointed for Dawson because he doesn't want Dawson to regret dropping out of USC. So I don't feel like he's personally disappointed in him for himself. Well, you know. Dawson's about to leave towards the end of the episode, and I was like, okay, maybe it's going to happen at the end of this episode, because I'm waiting for it. And Mitch, I wrote down exactly what Mitch says. I was like, well, I have to catch his last words. And he says, I'm disappointed in you, but never forget that I love you, and I will always be here for you. And I'm like, oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, oh, my God. <laughs> You know what bothers me about this? <laughs> like, it, it rips me up because... All right. Uh, between you and me and the listening audience. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, uh, July 3rd is uh, a, a particularly awful day for me. Oh. oh. It, is, it is my father's birthday. And my father actually passed away, well, <laughs> uh, the year these, these episodes are airing. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so this weekend I'm watching this and I'm like, oh god, this is happening. What perfect timing, you know? And I you know, whatever. I can dis- I'm 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 a grown man. It's been 15 years since my father's passed away. Um and you know, I can distance myself from it. Um so what so I you know, I'm ready to be like, all right. Well, you know, I'll get a little emotional release as I'm watching this, so shed a tear or whatever. But the way Mitch goes out really pissed me off. Yeah. That's why I kind of like reacted in the Facebook group as I did. I didn't want to explain it because I wanted to just kind of say it on the podcast. But, you know, he's he's singing along with uh, Drift Away, you know, and just and I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen? Is he going to have a heart attack the wheel? Is he going to be hit by a car? Um, What's going to happen? This (laughs) this guy gestures wild, wildly with his ice cream cone and his scoops fall onto the floor. So he decides as a grown mature man to lean down yeah. for a long amount of time to get his scoops back onto his ice cream cone. He comes back up lights and credits. <laughs> yeah, I do. I thought that was like a, uh, uh, like a young person who is not, uh, who doesn't have any patience driving yeah. Yeah, that was like a, a rookie mistake. I mean, I'm at least like 10, 15 years younger than um, than Mitch is at this point. Um, and I would know better to just pull over and 
be like, you know, oh shit, I just totally like ruined the interior of my car or whatever. I got ice cream all over the place. Um, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be leaning over in the middle of the night trying to get my scoops back out of my coat. <laughs> and you know, the crazy thing is, is like they immediately try to uh, repair this idiocy in the next episode when Pacey brings Dawson out to the the accident site and says that uh, there was some guy that fell asleep at the wheel that hit that hit Mitch's car. And there's nothing mentioned about like, you know, maybe Mitch went into the wrong lane or anything like that. It, it's Pacey like repairs it, or maybe the writers repair it using Pacey. <laughs> Saying this guy Gary Peters fell asleep at the wheel. You're, you know, he's to blame, not you. You know, so I, I, I'm really uh, this like you know definitely hurt me. But I was also like mad at the show. I was like, how could you give Mitch like how could you kill Mitch that way? <laughs> yeah. like, come on. <sighs> anyway, I've talked enough. What do you, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I was just, I just had no... You didn't even know anything about it. Yeah, so I had no idea. Yeah, I just i just thought it was, you know, just incredibly sad because um, Mitch and um, Gail have, you know, they're in a really good place. They have this brand new baby yeah. starting, they're, you know, starting over yeah. practically. And, oh, and, and Gail is... Not only has empty nest from Dawson, you know, it's just her and the baby. And how incredibly hard will that be for her? Rose isn't living next door anymore. <sighs> and so, so yeah, you didn't you didn't see the writing on the wall at all. No, I had no clue. Oh my god! So you got to this last up last scene, you were like, "What's going on?" Yes, <laughs> it's like this is weird. Ice cream? <laughs> what? Yeah. <sighs> but I mean, yeah, the the idea of Mitch dying was super sad, but not mm-hmm. half as sad as in the long goodbye when when Dawson's in his room and his dad walks in and it's his twelfth birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was so sad! And with every with every memory with I Mitch, thought it was so interesting that they uh, had Mitch playing like like the actor. Not playing, like just playing different ages, and but yet they were still the same age. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like they yeah. didn't pull any tricks. It's just you just kind of use your imagination to picture, you know, Dawson as twelve years old or uh, Pacey as back sixteen years old or yeah. Joey as I don't know how old. Oh my god! Thirteen, fourteen. Oh who gosh. knows? Ah. <sighs> Ugh. Oh my god! I down like every scene in this episode. Oh I'm my gosh! And Gail, re- him, he and Gail putting together Dawson's crib or whatever, saying that yes. I, do, I don't want my kid to be a, an athlete. That uh, sports just uh, cre- you know encourages conformity. I want I want our kid to be a freak. Yeah, freaks, freaks don't get don't drunk every week. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! That made me cr- just yes. cry. Yeah. Okay. So the, the the Dawson flashback, I was I was worried. Like I was like, oh man, Dawson's playing twelve years old. Like James Vanderbeek's playing twelve years old. Like don't don't put. And luckily, like we got through the scene, and he didn't like 
he had this kind of like childlike voice. Uh huh. He didn't really lean on it too hard. Right. I thought it was perfect. Was I perfect. did too. I thought it was brilliant. Oh my god, and, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and, and, and he says to, he's, he gives him the camcorder and he says, "Let the things you love be your escape." And it's like, oh my god, and like he's been nursing. Like no wonder he was disappointed. Yeah. Like like he's been nursing this kid to follow his heart. And, uh, you know, in his dreams And, uh, unfortunately his heart was, like, taking him in a different, different direction Yeah When when Joey's standing outside the house And she looks up to Dawson's window And then Mitch comes out with a ladder I, I uh, Yeah you know, That was another I was like, oh my god, you know And that, and he's like, oh, don't worry Dawson will figure it out eventually, you know Like, <laughs> like the great, the great thing that Mitch had these special relationships with each of these kids without, like, really, you know, stepping in. Like, like Joey, Joey didn't have a dad. Her dad was in prison. Uh, Pacey didn't have a, a, a father. To uh, teach him how to drive. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you ever want to practice, you just come knock on my door, you know? Uh, these he was he was not only a, a father to Dawson, he was a father to all these kids. Uh, it was just, it was just... I, you know, it, it, it was like, I was so mad at the previous episode, how it ended. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to do a funeral and we're going to just kind of see how Dawson copes with it. But no, like they, <clears throat> they, they gave this character a, an awesome goodbye. And I have this actually like, <laughs> I have this whole like thing from John Wesley ship that I, I'd love to read in the podcast. If you don't mind, it's a little long. Okay, go ahead. But it's him talking about um, this. Um, so they just kind of asked him about, you know, his, his goodbye episode. And he said, uh, there were a couple things going on. It was really secretive and ended up being the best thing for me. The show really needed a major plot point. The writing was on the wall. Kevin left after season two, Kevin Williamson. I think in the fourth season I did 19 episodes, but the parents were slowly devolving into the thing I'd been promised would not happen. And then at the four, end of the fourth season, they were graduating from high school and going to college. I saw the writing on the wall. They let Mary Beth Peel's uh, Graham's uh, contract lapse. They let my contract lapse. They let Mary Margaret Hume's contract lapse. And they wanted to renegotiate for fewer episodes. So I said, okay, I'm already unhappy. I feel like I'm getting paid a lot of money not to work. So when they said, we want you to come back six or eight episodes, I put my episode fee really high. I mean, if the kids left the creek, what would the parents be doing? Showing up at a parent's day, standing and waving in the background? And I thought, if I'm going to do it, they're going to pay me a lot of money. Otherwise, I'm going to be in L.A. looking for other work. So that happened, and they were negotiating. They were already shooting the first episode, and were having to deal with me. So halfway through shooting the episode, the WB shut the show down. Because they had no plot point. They had no major motivating event. They had nothing on which to build the rest of the season. At that point, their creative team got together and Paul Stupin called me in L.A. to have coffee with him. And he said, I know what you've been struggling with and we've been struggling too. See, the people who took over the show envision it as kid soap opera. So he said, we're in this situation. We don't, want, we don't know what to do with the character of Dawson. If we gave you the money you're asking... But instead of six episodes, would you agree to come back and kill the character? And it took my breath away. But he said, I promise you two great scripts. In the first script, there will be a misunderstanding with Dawson. I will have resolved the misunderstanding. He will not. You will be killed before he has a chance to resolve the misunderstanding. The second episode will be a la six feet under, kind of. 
where you get to come back leading up to your funeral and have final scenes with each of the major characters you've worked with. I was thinking to myself, okay, I've been promised great scripts before, but if they're going to give me all that money to come back, then I'll do it. But you know what? They delivered. They were the best scripts I'd ever had, and it made me feel like the previous four years had been about something. I got to tie up and have my final moments with Joey, with Pacey, with Dawson, with Gail. They were such beautiful episodes and so beautifully directed. And this I've seen happen a lot. There's a series and some people you're about to lose and there's a guest star the writers are really excited about because they've been writing for the other characters for four years and now they can focus on somebody else. I think it was so great for the show. I mean, you'd have to say Mitch was well endowed dramatically in those last two episodes. A lot of the audience, based on the amount of attention Mitch was given, were upset by Mitch's death. But it gave me terrific stuff to play. I was told later on that people believed that Mitch's death was where the show jumped the shark. But it was beautiful. It was great motivation for Dawson, too, since he could deal with unresolved feelings about the misunderstandings with his father, about his father's death. I've got two great episodes. I've got the money I wanted. They got their major motivating, shocking event, and it was a win-win for everybody. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> that was a little longer than something, but uh, I, I, it was, it's interesting to hear what uh, John Wesley Shipp was thinking at the time. Because it's true. You just kind of like... You know, the kids are going to college. So the parent, what are the parents going to do? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, but in the end, like they they gave this actor like a an awesome gift by really focusing. It's not like they made like a Mitch standalone adventure or anything, but they made it like we appreciate this character, we appreciate this actor. Yeah, I mean, Let, let's let show off. A little okay, bit. just like the first episode of season, what was that three? The Eve season. When he had when he had the uh, risky business uh, stripper party at his house, yeah, and his yeah. dad like they didn't like his dad was just like Dawson. They didn't yeah. have that heart to heart dad conversation in that yeah. episode, and it really stood out as being so uh, uncharacteristic for the show because he because Dawson and his dad are so close. His dad's always giving him, you know, fatherly advice, and they're always having those father-son conversations. And um, for his dad's opinion on the situation, it matters so much to Dawson. You know, it does. You know that this is going to, going to. Um, I mean, of course, when your parent dies, it affects you. But you can just imagine the great dramatic subject matter they will have going forward from here right exactly they needed that big event and this is going to uh really uh i mean it it, it any uh, a death of a parent will totally send a, a child into a spin uh trust me <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that why you followed fish across the country <laughs> yeah that's probably what happened that was before that oh uh, was it oh okay anyway uh, that's when I was like, I'm not talking to my mom and dad. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of John Wesley ship interviews just to find like the perfect summation of what happened. And, uh, yeah, he does, he does talk a lot about like how the show kind of sucked for him after Kevin Williamson left. He actually didn't even want, he didn't want, like, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a dad on a, on a, Teen drama? No thanks. I was the Flash. I was I was just like hunk on a soap opera. Like who who cares? You know. 
I'm not going to be typecast into like a father role, but they said, no, 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 no. You're going to be like dad, but like the, the mother is cheating on him and he's going to have this whole subplot where he's, you know, he ends up falling for another girl and, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, this would be really, really good stuff to play opposite the teens, you know? Mm. But, uh, well, you know, I was thinking as far as father child relationships on television, um, I think Ver- Veronica and her dad are really great. And, but I think that, that Dawson and Mitch are, uh, you know, they're up, they're up there with the greatest, you know, some of the greatest oh, yeah. father child relationships in television. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, I, you know, and it's it's great because you know they had this interesting thing where the father and the mother break up in like the first season, and they're you know Dawson has to parent them both, and um, you know, so it kind of changes that situation, which sucks because you know when they get into season three, like you said, there was that Dawson, <laughs> <laughs> like it's not not fun anymore. It's not as interesting anymore. Um, but I think they brought it back around and really, um, you know, Capinos and uh, uh, who Jeffrey Steptikoff, I think, wrote the uh, Long Goodbye. Not, not the Long Goodbye. Yeah, Capeside Revisited. Tom Capinos wrote Long Goodbye. Um, okay, so there's all this, like, trivia around. Let's talk about the actual story because I, like, honestly, I wrote so many, like, beats. Um, oh, wait, there's... Just a couple more bits of trivia first. I'll get them right out of the way. Um, the director of this episode, who does shoot this very interesting uh, opening, by the way, um, this is his first Creek episode. Um, his name is Robert Duncan McNeil. And uh, fans of uh, people who know the movie Masters of the Universe, he played Courtney Cox's boyfriend. <laughs> but he's he's been working behind the camera pretty much ever since. Um and, uh, yeah, this episode marks the first time in the series that uh, I Don't Want to Wait is it played over the opening credits, unless uh, perhaps you watch it on Hulu or uh, DVDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did you get that special piano? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, and I was um, wondering, I wonder what it's like on the DVD, because I, I don't have the DVDs. Oh, that's right, yes. I just wonder what it, yeah, what it was like on the DVDs or, or what. They better, they better have paid for that, honestly. Um, and when uh, and when Mitch is singing, uh, drift away, drift. Wonder wonder what they did there, because he's singing. They had to have paid that. Yeah, they had to. Have. Um, uh, another bit of trivia is Kevin Williamson has actually watched this episode and was incredibly moved by it, and, oh. and it's tribute to uh, Mitch Leary. So yeah, um, I'm just gonna go through the beats, and you just stop me whenever you want to talk about it. I, I'm. I, I'll try to move it through as quick as possible, but I, I'm willing to discuss any of these. Uh, first is that it, that the great intro, the the sign on the Leary's fresh fish. We see death in the family, and there's mm-hmm. like these fading handheld shots as Dawson's kind of taking care of things, and then they move right into that uh, that piano version of "I Don't Want to Wait," and I just wrote in big giant cap letters, "I'm like tears." Like <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, don't don't even." We're starting right in on it. Damn it, you know and. This this episode really reminded me a bit of uh, the body because it's got that different feel than you usually do. I mean, yeah, the body is definitely a harder hitting episode. There's no question of that. But I think this is interesting because, 
Like it's got that, you know, the Mitch visiting everybody and everybody having a memory of Mitch and really like there's no stupid like quirky subplot, you know, going on like Drew's not trying to turn on a sprinkler to uh, dis- disrupt the funeral or uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just full on soap opera, full on yeah. melodramatic. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's getting to like Dawson Dawson is working through this episode and everybody's trying to get him to emote, to really like let go. And also people are, you know, our characters are really doing some great stuff. Like I was reminded, like Jen was saying, like, I don't even know what, what do we even say to Dawson? I yeah. No idea. How do we even ask, act, you know? Um, uh, oh, that moment Joey it comes in and admires the suit. That Dawson has And she's like Oh you're gonna look great And he's like Oh that's what my dad's Gonna be buried in <sighs> Also Dawson is like Dawson gets to pick out The casket for his father uh, Which was strange to me But I guess Gail Was just Must have been like Just do it I can't do it Yeah <laughs> Um Oh god The wake The wake scene Was Was Heartbreaking I mean, I immediately had flashbacks. I won't even go into it, you know, to spare the audience. Uh, But just seeing Gail and Lily both crying and then Joey, like, holding Dawson's hand. I was like, God damn it. (sighs) Um, And uh, so we kind of move into uh, the wake where, you know, the open house part where everybody gets to wander around and eat hors d'oeuvres. And Dawson's using Lily as a sympathy buffer. (laughs) And Grams comes up to him, and he and she goes. Uh, he's like, ask something about God or whatever, and she's like, I am not on speaking terms with the Lord this week. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was good because we're not going to get a lot of, uh, you know, when, when you know a lot of those platitudes. Yeah, that that mean kind of nothing. <laughs> that most <laughs> yeah. people just kind of say at. It does, you know. She's like, "Look, I'm pissed too. I'm pissed at God." Yeah, yeah. Which was great. That was a great character moment for Grams. You know, yeah. She she really leaned on that stuff for um, her husband's death. But you know, this it's just to see it, like her husband was. You know, he was going to die soon. You know, he was in he was bedridden, and whereas Mitch was, you know, he's the father of a young baby. You know. Uh, young man, you know, and just to be taken out <laughs> this stupid car accident. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought it was strange. Also, we, it took a while before we could actually we actually heard Gail talking about anything, and Joey actually goes to talk to her, and I'm like, oh, finally, we get to hear what the hell is going on in Gail's mind. Um, and uh, she talks about how Dawson's being stubborn, and. Uh, <clears throat> uh, that he's like a reflection of Mitch and uh, Joey said that she uh, loved how much Mitch and Gail loved each other. Um, Pacey and Dawson. Talk yeah, that she, that, oh, yeah. That even when her parents, when things were good between her, they didn't have. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They had. Yeah. Um, Pacey and Dawson have like an awkward handshake and a hug <laughs> and talk about like Mitch catching them smoking. And then we have Susan, who is Gail's deadhead friend. It's like, where are you channeling these feelings? And he totally channels them by destroying the answering machine when Mitch's, Mitch's voice comes on the answering machine. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Um, so you got to have at least one of those people at a, <laughs> at a wake. Yeah. 
Um, I love the doc scene where Joey's like, you know, you take care of your mom, I'll take care of you. And we find out that because they ran out of milk that Dawson drank all up. That's what made his dad go to the store. And, you know, he was probably distracted because he was arguing with Dawson in his head. And that's what ended up having the accident. So it's all my fault, obviously. Um, and just Dawson saying, my dad was disappointed in me on the day he died. Just, uh. <laughs> um, and then we had the Graham's Gale scene where like, she talks about how silly women are just fall in love and knowing full well that we're, and we're going to lose them anyway, you know, and, and if we, do, we lose them, it'll destroy us, you know? And, uh, we marry widows have to stick together. Like every scene of this episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh, we had a very important Pacey Joey scene as well, where Joey um, tells Pacey about how Dawson's going to move back to Boston, and Pacey actually is like, "You guys deserve your shot." Like he's like, "Go for it," you know, which I thought was surprising. And what, what did you think about that? Yeah, because I was like, "Why is Pacey still in Boston?" Why has he not whipped it? Because, you know, hashtag Pacey is capeside. <laughs> That's right. So I thought, well, maybe he is hanging around because he wants to, you know, rekindle things with Joey. But yeah. but no, he's like, oh, I had my chance. I blew it. Yeah, it's as if the, the boat docked there, and that's why he's there. He just is waiting for the boat boat to go back out again. But then he ends up getting a, a job because, uh, I don't know, he's penniless and living on a boat that's not his? I, I have no idea. Um, there's a there's that powerful scene where um, Gail is crying because she says that Lily is never going to know Mitch even existed. Mm-hmm. Dawson says, not if I have anything to say about it. <sighs> um... And yeah, we already talked about it. Pacey bringing Dawson to the scene. Um, and oh, and it was so sad. Joey, Joey, like tries and tries and tries to get Dawson to lean on her, but he's just not accepting it. And so he, she just goes back to school. And uh, and you know, she's just like, why won't he accept? You know, why why won't he let me? You know, help him. And Audrey just kind of sits there while. Well, she cries her eyes out, which is uh, just sad. Um, so, so it kind of wraps up by uh, where we have this scene in the the Leary kitchen, which I notice is like lit darker um, than it usually is, and you know, obviously it's because somebody's missing. And Gail's like, "Oh, we're out of milk," and then realizes why they're out of milk and starts crying. Mm-hmm. And so Dawson takes off to the market, which I was like, if I was Gail, I'd be like, no, do not go out. You need to stay right here. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, he, he talks to this uh, cashier who is the last person to talk to Mitch. And apparently Mitch had all sorts of things to say. Yeah. kind of like, all right, we'll mm-hmm. just swallow this. We need this. We need this. Um, and that, that – um, you know, Mitch's face lit up when the cashier asked about Dawson and that he said he was like a brave kid. He had a romantic streak a mile long and, you know, he's just proud to know his son. And uh, and then when we get to Dawson goes back to the car, we have James Taylor's fire and rain firing up and uh, Dawson has his uh, third ugly cry of the series. 
Which I think is, I don't know, I think it was much better than the last one. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. You're that distraught, you're going to ugly cry. (sighs) Um, And, uh, yeah. um, The last scene is really nice. They're they're just having a family photo and uh, Dawson, like, Mitch and Dawson have this, and, and Gail have this great rapport, you know, that we're going to miss. And Mitch telling him to lose the two, dude. <laughs> and then uh, after the picture is taken, Dawson takes off. He's like, later, creators. Which is <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I love that line. <laughs> yeah, I'd um, never heard that before. And then, yeah, they give John Wesley Shipp this great moment where he's just alone in his yard and he looks around and he smiles and then he heads inside and that's the end. It's like, oh, man, that was perfect. Perfect. One of the best episodes of Dawson's Creek, I have to say. Yeah. Excellent. (sighs) So we've blathered on way too long about this batch of episodes. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. But I heard some creatures knocking at my door, so I probably have to wrap it up soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, seeing that first episode, the Bostonians, you know, just out of context, on its own, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, is this really – is this is this show good? Like I wanted to see – because like I knew it started out good. I was like, does it get bad? Yeah, you know, there? how yeah. did we get there? What? Did, how is this like? What is this episode like in the context of the of the rest of the series? And so, um, I'm pleasantly. So I think that this. I think that the e the starting the beginning of season three was very 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 weak, mm-hmm. but I feel like um, this. Uh, it, it, I, I feel like it's still on track. Yeah, to uh, to be a good entire series. I'm a little worried that John Wesley Shipp said that people told him that this is where the show jumped the shark. But um, I probably would think that John Wesley Shipp might be a little biased, and the people talking to John Wesley Shipp might, yeah. be, uh, might be like, "Oh man, it wasn't the same without you," you know? Yeah. So uh, I've I've still got my fingers crossed that uh, you know. I mean, it makes sense. They need to drop these. The, these children are becoming adults on their own. Yeah, it's time to drop these adults from the show. Yeah, and exa- exactly, and it's like you're either going to give these adults something, something to you know sink their teeth in these these actors, or you probably should let them go and do their do something else, you know. Like be Barry Allen's dad, for instance, <laughs> <laughs> and die. Uh, and oh, spoilers. Um. Okay, so eighty-five episodes down, Steph. We've done it so far. Forty-three left to go. We're we're kicking butt. We're we're like two thirds of the way there, essentially. Okay. Um. Next time on Dawson's Creek, we have four episodes to discuss. They are use your disillusion. High Anxiety, Text, Lies, and Videotape. <laughs> it's, it's so like early 2000s. And uh, Hotel New Hampshire. Uh, and uh, we'll discuss about that and probably, hopefully, uh, I'm just say hopefully, hopefully not be as emotional next week. Hopefully just ha- kind of having fun talking about college antics. But uh, that's all I got for you, stuff. So... <laughs> Ready to go? Ready to go. All right. (laughs) 
Uh, have yourself a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, okay. uh, and we'll talk to you all next week. On we don't want to wait. Bye. Bye. <laughs>